Hi, welcome to What You Read and Dude. It's like a book club, but we all bring something different. We're your hosts, Jamie, Lauren, and Lisa, masters of none, speakers on everything. We cover it all, except only the things we care about. (laughs) Books, TV, podcasts, current events, you get the picture. We tell you what to check out and what to skip. We talk about deep things too. Hell yeah. Don't get confused. (laughs) So welcome to the party, y'all. Short disclaimer, we don't actually know anything. (laughs) And we change our minds all the time. Glad you're here. Let's get into it. long night this is great okay in real time this is the second podcast we're recording in one day so mm-hmm. hold on it's for a wild fun. time <laughs> Woo. Woo. okay we're feeling fun what are we doing today circle back oh yeah let's circle our- back we tried to have this recorded <laughs> previously and then got wrapped up in love is blind so yeah. we're gonna take yeah. two <laughs> So now we're talking about Love is Blind Part 2, right? (laughs) Let's circle back, people. So I have a tiny circle back. Okay. Before a larger circle back. And my tiny circle back is just, you know, back in the the early days of the podcast, I used to never Google anyone. And (laughs) that was both a blessing and a curse. You know, the authors, I didn't know when they were sexual harassers and stuff mm. like that. And then and then you Google it and after you already read the book and it's a whole Sometimes thing. Real let down. You want to be left in the dark, but yeah. then you start a podcast and you realize maybe you shouldn't be left in the dark. Right. And then you have to start Googling everyone you talked about. But before I used to Google everyone I talked about, I talked about a book for book bingo, mm-hmm. I think called buttermilk graffiti it was my um Uh it was my food writing book when Mm -hmm. i learned what food writing was and it was by edward lee and it was about like food (laughs) yep but he went to different places and talked a lot about family and if you want to listen to that one we'll link it yeah Yeah. (laughs) um but as anyone who listens to the podcast knows i have recently been doing a long binge of top chef and i started season nine of top chef which was Texas mm-hmm. yeah and I was watching it and uh, not gonna lie I skipped the first like three episodes because honestly they were doing some stupid thing they've never done before where they make chefs like compete to even get on the show and I was like I don't care oh. about that huh. like that I just want to see the 15 chefs so then I started and I'm like I know this guy I was like how the fuck do I know this guy I don't know chefs I don't know anyone I was like how do I know this guy and I was getting really pissed off and it was this, it was the freaking author was on oh. Top Chef. And I love him so much more because of it. Now wow. I want to reread the book, even though, I mean, I already like, it was like not Based on ago, the background you were giving, I was worried you no, were going to no, be no, like, sorry, I should not have brought us very ready. <laughs> got some dirt. It's nothing, nothing <laughs> like, dark. Oh God. Waiting for the turn. No, yeah. like, that was a, okay. no, it was no, a it was, good thing. It was all good things. Okay. And it like good. made me understand his like I felt like watching it just like made me fall in love with him because like I already understood his voice from the book Mm -hmm. and then I'm like seeing him Mm. in prison with all these chefs and I just loved it and he um spoiler alert from 11 years ago he did Mm -hmm. not win this season Mm. he got fifth but he got really far I was was rooting for him I'm still meaning to read the book. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I, yeah, if you haven't listened to that episode, I loved that conversation. Yeah. And it was that's so a interesting. Great book. Yeah, he's like talking about places in relation to food and like how places mm. are defined by food. Yeah, which is so true. Totally. And the immigrants that like make up the places. Yeah. 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 And there's a special segment on Seattle. Yes, there is. Oh, yeah. Which we know and love. <laughs> and Indy. And Indy. And a lot of places. So anyway, that was a small circle back. Circle just back. Just like, was like, wow. My brain like we need like a circle back jingle. Circle back. Circle back. Circle back. Anyway. And another um, circle back. This <laughs> is the big circle back. Mm-hmm. We're circling back to oh, Sweet yeah. Bobby. Mm-hmm. Which Bobby. is what Lauren brought. Mm-hmm. And we're circling back to it because I listened to it. And it's a podcast yeah. about catfishing. Yes. And a Lauren- multi-part short mini-series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes. Multi-layer, multi-part. 
short. Yeah, it's like it's one of those. It's not like yeah. a recurring like six or podcast. Seven episodes. Yeah, but it's like a mini yeah series. Yeah, but I listened to all of it, and I think we're gonna talk about it. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about the spoilers now that yes, now That's all right. that we've listened to it, yeah. we've all listened to Cir- Circle Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> Circle back, sweet Bobby. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think I'm like halfway through. But go for it. Do you? know um, who the catfish is no i don't do you have a guess no it's okay if you let me know i stopped because it was it was getting a little intense and yes. i just i don't know my stomach wasn't like okay <laughs> and it. it was crazy i guessed it you knew who it but was but yeah i you did. like guessed it but i didn't realize the depths that it went so the catfish was her so, cousin, Simran. Oh. So I like the way the story was told because you find out that the catfish is her cousin, like episode three or yeah. four. Yeah, oh, was like, very close to it. Pretty then. early yeah. in the series, like halfway in whatever yeah. in the series. It wasn't just like you find out who the catfish is and then the series over. Like the second half is delving into all the layers yeah like why not why she did it because obviously Cause we, we don't, don't know, know why she but did try, it but. but that's asked a lot it's like why the fuck did she do this yeah it's because like, it was a very layers. elaborate yes. multi-year catfishing yes. scheme like, yeah and my first no. thought is and i the answer has not been discovered at the end of the many series is like how did she have time yes to make this like such an elaborate because this is my main question scheme and this took years out of her like she was so devoted to this catfishing scheme to catfishing her own cousin for years and she was like she had multiple phone numbers. Like, I want to know the yeah. logistics. So many she accounts. She had multiple phone so numbers. Phones. She had different voices. Like That's what I'm confused about. She has a full-time job. She went through college while this was happening. Like, how did she have yeah, the she was time? like a, when the podcast <laughs> came out, she was like a VP in a bank or what? something. Like, she had, like, a great career that probably also took up a ton of time. So, like, how the fuck? I don't know how I, I barely have time to do exhausted my normal things i don't know i would not have time yeah. to catfish someone get it. Yeah. i don't <laughs> either that's no one really gets it and i'm you know we're probably never gonna know which is sad but like god it really fucking threw me i think what what got me the most about it was once it was discovered that it was her cousin like her cousin i can't remember what happened i think she just like came over to her apartment one day and was like upset and was like i have to tell you something yeah i'm bobby no way just confess yeah and then left because her brother drove her over and they were in a fight and it turns out like the night before she told her whole family that she was bobby and then after that, she never speaks to never speaks to Karat again. So there's no answers. Literally, that's it. That's it. And the family gets into a fight about it because a lot of the family is like on Simran's side almost, or like what? doesn't see that Simran did a bad thing. They're oh. just like, just get over it. It's like they like, don't understand it's the like, extent right. of it. It's family drama. Like get yeah. over it. Right. But like. It, I mean, I didn't even finish the episode where they were talking about the emotional abuse that was happening there. But there's just a, like a scene where you're hearing an interview or a, a voice recording of the woman who's being catfished. And you can just hear the obsessive like pings of quote unquote yes. Bobby messaging her. Yeah. And you can just like feel how constant it was. Like this is not just like. Like some family drama oh, right her life yeah, yeah there is an interview with karat's dad where the interview dude it was yeah was like trying to talk to him about like do you understand like the weight of what your daughter has gone through for the last many years mm-hmm. and and even he was like had a hard time feeling yeah. 
empathetic for his daughter. Hmm. It was interesting. And obviously, I don't know that specific culture and family, like, dynamic. Yeah. But it was, like, even if you are like, I don't understand how my daughter got herself into this situation, still not feeling like I want, I don't know. Justice. (laughs) Justice for my daughter. Or, like, that cousin is whatever fucked up and she needs, like, help. Right. Like, he just was so apathetic. Right. And he was just like, well, yeah, clearly Simran went through things, too. And it's like, no, she is like, she needs help. <laughs> She's kind of like she psychotic. is pathological, yeah, pathological liar or whatever. Um, And she, I guess, it like, they figured out that she's done this to other people, not to That's the six. That's oh yeah. She's it was, done it before. Yeah. And I was listening. I was actually listening to a podcast one of glennon doyle's podcasts about regret today and it came up that like people who cannot feel remorse or regret are pathological and that's kind Mm. of what was happening with simran like like she was like apologizing to karat but you could tell she she did not feel remorse about it or regret or like i mean she was doing it for a year like she has no feelings about like how she's tortured her own family member and like oh stolen years from her yeah. life, basically. Like she is pathological. She feels no remorse about right. this. Nothing right. at all. <laughs> I'm shook. <laughs> I'm shook. Shook. Yeah. Like it would make more sense if it was. Honestly, it would make more sense if it was just like a third party who had nothing to do yeah. with yeah. anything. Yeah. Oh, I think uh, one thing with the disconnect too for the family, I feel like it speaks to things that happen in the digital sphere where it's very much real life but there's still at times people feel that disconnect where like well you can just walk away from that or whatever you know like they don't like some people don't view it as serious but like it is impacting you yeah Yeah, like i wonder if there's like a generational disconnect with her dad just like not understanding the weight of how this took up so much of karat's life like Mm -hmm. like you were saying with the constant like pinging of her phone like this was her life she felt like she could not be away from her cell phone for more than a minute yeah without this dude like freaking out at her i literally don't get how the catfish did it i don't i don't under now that you're saying that because i didn't know that info yeah like like, i like i want to know the logistics of it yeah i don't understand how one had I think the interviewer guy like asks that too he, like ponders on like if she had help because she also mm. was mimicking all these people and all these voices mm-hmm. so like sometimes guys would call Karat so it's like huh okay th- either she's really good at mimicking a guy's voice or some guy was like, in on a it a voice changer thing right yeah. so but like know. could you imagine someone getting roped into a catfishing scheme like I mean that I feel like that person that's trying to get you to join would have to really paint an interesting tale to get you to join in on that. I have no idea. I don't. It's yeah. interesting too, thinking about how like Karat's life has changed since she's gone public with the story. Like, there's a lot of shame involved in catfishing, mm. and it's really interesting to think about how like she, sure this like podcaster reporter dude probably approached her about this like i don't know how he heard about her story or whatever but she decided to like go public with the story and how that's kind of changed her life now Mm -hmm. and simran's life is now forever changed like as much as she she is trying to run from this and and evade whatever she's done like everyone knows right yeah Yeah. (laughs) oh my god it's not just a family drama no. now. No matter what. I mean, good for Karat. Definitely. Oh, big time. Simran deserves to get what she gets. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think Sweet Bobby was one of the top podcasts for Spotify. Oh, probably. Um, in the past couple months. Yeah. Like, it's getting a lot of traction. Yeah. <laughs> I really like this style of podcast. There have been several that mm-hmm. I've listened to. I'm sure there are more than that. But just these, like mini kind of investigative podcasts yeah you know it i get sad when they're done because yeah. you know it's such a, a 
gem in a way where when it's produced well it, it just is so well done you can really join in on the ride but I also am not someone who listens to true crime podcasts regularly like that would be a lot for me to just take in constantly you know yeah um so I appreciate the limited series when they come yeah. out but I'm also like damn that was just so good like when serial season mm-hmm. one wrapped up mm-hmm. I was like damn like that was really good like I you know we want more and then there were more seasons and you're like nothing beats that first season yeah especially like this one and like cereal and like it's it's not really wrapped up yeah you're like just really want it to like be that not like a happy ending but to be like oh we know the answer now yeah yeah, we got some justice yeah but it's just kind of especially this one in particular is is still ongoing and they were wondering we've watched documentaries about like Mm -hmm. kind of like this too like they're kind of wondering if once they go public like more information will come out or like something will change like maybe more episodes will come out Mm -hmm. it's like it's active and current so (laughs) we don't know how it's gonna end so intriguing Mm -hmm. i hope karat's okay yeah if the tension was too much you could always like kind of skip forward to like episode four or something yeah. whenever you know i think like the the topic of emotional abuse is rough yeah. you know definitely. so i like it, as you feel it ramp up i'm just like Ugh. yeah yeah no i, get d- I definitely get that the the last couple episodes i thought were interesting though like they're like trying to figure out like what mm. what what like, the hell happened, what yeah. happened? Yeah. Yeah. how she did it yeah, it's almost more interesting after you know who Sweet Bobby is. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Circle I am circling back on the yeah. wisdom of your body. Ooh. It's come up a couple times. I don't know. I don't remember when it came up. But it's come up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I a mentioned that I was reading it <laughs> yeah. or something or another. <laughs> Update. I finished it. <laughs> Yay. Oh, wow. I'm you proud of you. <laughs> It's really good. I would recommend it to anyone. Okay. <laughs> this is good. This is we're Tell starting great. <laughs> what the how wisdom of your body, finding healing, wholeness, and connection through embodied living. Mm. So it's written by Hillary McBride. She mm-hmm. is a psychologist and okay. has a doctorate. Ooh. Blah blah blah. She's a doctor. She is legit. Legit. <laughs> I heard about her through Ruthie Lindsay, who I've mm. not sure if I've talked about on this podcast. I definitely no. know that name, though. Mm-hmm. Who is she? She's best friends with Jedediah Jenkins, yeah, who I'm that's also why. obsessed mm-hmm. with. That's why I, know <laughs> I don't know that you've talked about her on the show. On the show, maybe not. But <laughs> I read her book, Ruthie Lindsay. I've followed mm. her for many years. Anyway, she's near and dear to my heart. I don't actually know her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She writes a lot about like the body and reconnecting to her body and so on and so forth. She, <laughs> like, she, I don't know. She has talked about Hillary McBride or something. I don't know. She's friends with her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was bright in a way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, this is how I heard about her. Okay. Mm-hmm. She, I think I started following her on Instagram first as you do in Mm -hmm. this year modern era (laughs) (laughs) she is great she as i said is a psychologist slash therapist she's has like a therapy podcast she does a lot with like body stuff and Hmm. like embodied living reconnecting with your body they both ruthie and hillary both do a lot with like trauma work and like re-entering your body and so this is kind of why i was interested in her so background i have decided we've talked about words of the year before my word of this year is body (gasps) oh my god that's a circle back yeah it's a circle circle back circle back back (laughs) on the new year's episode yeah i've decided that body is my word this year i'm like just trying really hard to re-enter my body and be Mm -hmm. more embodied and listen to what my body wants because as i learned in this book there's so much in our culture and in my personal upbringing that has disconnected mind from body and it goes back to a lot of christian theology a lot of like grecian 
thought that mind is more important than body mm. and that you shouldn't trust your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of this is like baked into who I am as a human. Like <laughs> your mind is more important than your body. And so like your body will deceive you. It's telling you messages that you can't trust mm. and stuff. And mm. I have since learned that my body is, is telling me important truth. things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so listen up. Yeah, there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of history in here that I won't go into about like where that kind of idea of body or mind over body where that came from. Mm-hmm. I won't really go into that. Okay, but I'm like right. this book is about like bringing those together because I guess I didn't realize <laughs> I am my body. i know and this is all very like very whatever thinking i don't know it's like hard to explain floaty floaty yes woo woo floaty Mm -hmm. (laughs) our body is us and i don't think that's woo woo it's where life happens so for Mm -hmm. those of Mm -hmm. us i mean i don't know if you guys feel this way or like what your experience is with your body but for those of us who have like either felt trauma with our body or feel a lot of like I personally feel a lot of pain in my body so it's easier for me to separate from that and be like oh those whatever pain signals or whatever are annoying and in the way and so if I disconnect from it if I like am not in my body then I can just like whatever moving on <laughs> so okay. when you say you're like it's hard to explain <laughs> yeah is it like you feel something and you're just like deny and you move on just like in general I don't know why but like my body has a lot of pain mm-hmm. like I have back pain I have mostly back pain <laughs> <laughs> and so I learned early on that I didn't know why it was happening I didn't know how to fix it and so it was easier to just separate from it and move on gotcha okay. it's like pop an ibuprofen and call it a day versus like just like just grin like and bear mentally it. like separate okay just i like i don't i don't feel a lot of i don't feel my body i don't feel a lot of pain i don't because i i couldn't in order to survive if that mm-hmm. makes sense yeah it was something that was getting in the way and so i separated myself from it it's kind of hard to talk about because it's like this is just the way I live. Mm-hmm. And so I, I didn't realize that I like I had separated from my body mm-hmm. in that way until I have been trying to bring more attention to it. Okay. Because obviously we're not going to solve any problems by ignoring them. Right. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, true. And like reading about other people who deal with like ongoing pain and different things like that, I've realized <laughs> that I am ignoring and separating so Mm. so i'm like trying to i'm embodied living is like trying to inhabit my body as one mind and body as one Mm -hmm. and understanding that the signals my body is telling me are not deceiving me they are telling me something for a reason and they are to be trusted okay Mm. anyway (laughs) it's very deep it's very hard to talk about but it was really interesting it's like it was talking a lot about how like in our culture we look at our bodies as like an object that we're supposed to control or use as um, like currency. So like as females, we I don't know what I'm trying Sex? to explain it. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean like yeah, like we know that our bodies can be used in a certain way, so we can use them to benefit us. They are also can be used against us. Yeah, mm-hmm. like we're perceived in certain ways because of our bodies. I don't know. It's just it's very interesting. Yeah, like. Mm-hmm. We are our bodies. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's such a revelation to me. (laughs) Some things I learned in this book to better inhabit your body is to, like, call it a she and, and like, talk lovingly to it. Hmm. Like, hold it, like, like in a ways that you would hold someone else. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Talk about it like like with a she pronoun versus an it pronoun. Mm-hmm. Like it's not something that's to be controlled. It is you, and it's to be loved. I don't know. It's very deep. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like this. It's. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it just made me think. Like, you know, I don't. I don't always love the way I look, and I very much love myself. But I do get caught up in a lot of the imagery. 
that, you know, is yeah. around us and has been told. And so there are times if I ever kind of catch myself feeling really negative about how I'm looking or being really critical, I stop myself and I'm just like, I love you. Like, and I just like, I end up like talking to myself, like body included mm -hmm. as if I was like talking to my friend yeah. because like those are the moments for me where like I really separate in those moments and I bring myself back to like what matters is that I'm loved and like mm -hmm. this body's with me for my whole yeah, life yeah. you know and so mm -hmm. I always like I'm the most important thing to myself like not in a selfish way but just in like yeah. a really loving yeah. like self-care way mm -hmm. and that helps me kind of push those moments away where I'm or, or just kind of like break it down where I'm like building that wall up kind of disconnecting from myself and being like all of that doesn't matter like what matters is like you're healthy and you're here and you're doing what you need to do you know yeah recognizing those negative things that you're like telling yourself I think is one of the biggest things and recognizing yeah like this is I'm with this body for life yeah so I have to recognize it as me and I am it and like we are together and like we're in mm -hmm. we're in this to get like my body wants what's best for me and I want what's best for it it's like when you feel like your body is betraying you I think is is kind of the crux of like well I just need to separate like yeah this, mm. <laughs> this body it mm -hmm. feels like my body's betraying me and it's keeping me from doing the things that I want to do but that's not true. Like, it's yeah. telling me messages for a reason, and I'm trying to relearn how to speak its language and listen to it and understand what messages it's telling me. It's not saying, like, stop, slow down, don't do that because it wants to sabotage my right, life. Right, It's like, <laughs> it wants, it's, it's telling me that for reasons, and I just need to, like, relearn why it's saying those yeah. things. yeah. Definitely. But speaking kindly to it is going to work a lot better than being like, you're so annoying. I can't talk to you. Right. Oh, my God. Oh, so true. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have a little anecdote with that. So I, I was never a runner growing up. And I, I, I feel like I was taught this kind of limited mindset. Like, mm -hmm. some people are athletic. Some people aren't. And I just, I guess I just kind of embodied, like, maybe I wasn't. And always just kind of looked down at myself for not being like the star athlete you know but I've gotten into running in the past couple years and what really helped me with my endurance for going longer was speaking really positively to myself and that sounds like I, I remember telling my mom about it and feeling like it was almost like a trivial thing mm -hmm. to say but I was so proud because I had this one run where I was feeling really tired and then I just started talking to myself, like, internally, just like, you are doing so good right now. Like, look how far you've come. And yeah. it, like, the joy that I felt from seeing that and hearing that and just, like, appreciating where I was, like, fueled me to where I was trying to yeah. go. Rather than just, like, for so many years, it's like, come on, just, like, do this. Like, you know, like, kind of, right. like, drag your ass over the finish <laughs> line already, you know? <laughs> and instead, it was just, like, you can do this like you are doing such a good job and mm -hmm. I I don't think I've ever spoken to myself like that positively before yeah. and it really made a difference Aww. yeah it was really Cute. it was a sweet like self moment <laughs> yeah one thing I've also gotten into running recently too and I had a very similar upbringing where it was like you know our family's just we don't our family just doesn't do mm -hmm. physical activity it's just not what we're good at and so that's kind of that's like the message I had in my brain. And then when I finally discovered like physical activity and I could actually enjoy it, I've gotten a lot of joy. Like when I'm in a really healthy place, it is me like celebrating what my body can do. And I know for some people like, like it's not that way and you just have to find something else where you feel like you can celebrate your body. But for me, like running is me being like look at like you are amazing <laughs> like look at these legs they're able to carry you or like yeah. backpacking and stuff like you are able to do this this is amazing and and that is like one thing 
in the last couple of years that I've been able to like bring kind of mind and body together where it's like, like we are, we are do like we are doing this, like seems so silly, but it's like, oh my God, we're doing this. We're doing something that you didn't think you could do ever. And my mind is like able to cherish my body and my body's able to like carry my mind in this one, like Mm. kind of unity. Yeah, it feels it feels weird. It feels crazy. (laughs) Well, just like you talking about this makes me think that I think that disconnect can happen without us realizing it. We're like, you know, you're not like purposely like, all right, bye body, you're dead to me, Mm -hmm. you know. But so I guess it just makes me think like you could have disconnects with your body in certain ways or over time and just not realize how disconnected you've gotten from it, you know. Mm-hmm. oh that sounds like a great yeah. book it, it, it is it brought up a lot of mm-hmm. stuff for me and also just a lot of practical ways that you can like celebrate this body that you have mm-hmm. and a lot of things are really simple like giving yourself a hug or like just like dancing yeah. by yourself with no one watching like just like being in like embodying yourself like mm-hmm. taking up space our bodies yeah. are cool <laughs> i would be yeah I definitely want to read this. I think I have a very different relationship with my mind and body than you guys. I Mm -hmm. trust my body, but because of my like anxiety and depression, it's my mind that I don't Mm -hmm. trust. So it's like I disassociate really easily and I just live in my body Mm -hmm. where I just like go through the motions every day and I can do that just fine where I'm not listening to my brain. Mm -hmm. I'm more in that camp too. yeah, Yeah, I want like... Yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. Sorry, but sorry. Yeah. I want to, no, no, it's not your fault. I just got distracted, but it would be interesting to read that. It's interesting. She goes into it a little bit, and again, I, like, won't go into any details, but she goes into, like, the history of this idea that mind and body are separate and, like, where that even came from. Yeah. Like, that is just an idea mm-hmm. that someone came up with. Like, why do we think that our mind and body are separate and that you can trust one and not the other and, like, that our heart's also separate from that? Like, we, Right, we there's are your gut and then there's your heart and then mm-hmm. there's your mind. It's like, yeah. Or there's just one person. <laughs> yeah. it is, it's interesting because we grew up in this culture and we don't know anything different. It's interesting to think about, oh, yeah, that was an idea that someone came up with, that they were separate. But, like, everybody that comes up with ideas, like – you're all humans. You all have just <laughs> your interpretation of life, you know, and some people are just very eloquent at explaining their yeah. idea. Like, not to, you know, downplay all the philosophers out there, but, you know, th- people are just trying to figure out and make sense yeah. of life. Definitely. You know? Definitely. Yeah. And I, I appreciate, I mean, both of your experiences. I definitely appreciate anyone who I feel like is definitely like a more embodied person. Mm. And I am always trying to be, like, to listen more to what my body, like, that's, that is my goal this year. A good example is that it's really hard for me to identify when I'm hungry, when I'm thirsty, Mm. when I'm tired. Like, I just don't listen to those signals. I eat when I'm supposed to. Like, I'm like, oh, it's noon. I need to eat something. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what it feels like to be hungry. Interesting. Because I don't, okay. I have not, like, I've ignored that signal for so long that I don't know what it feels like. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting, interesting. it's like yeah, something yeah. that I don't think a lot of people talk about and that we're all, like, kind of feeling different. It's hard to explain. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. <laughs> but I get it, what you're saying. Yeah. Well, and I haven't really thought of the two so in depth in the way that you're describing Mm -hmm. and it was only when jamie was talking about it i was like yeah that's the camp like that resonates with me yeah yeah wow good read this book didn't come out long ago but i knew as soon as she announced that it was coming out i was like i need that book in my life (laughs) must read (laughs) must read how does one body (laughs) body hello i am lauren (laughs) nice to meet you again Truly. It is just so interesting to feel so disconnected to the one house that you're in, Mm -hmm. you know, like, but anyway. All right, y'all. Tis my turn. I am circling back back. on Black Buck. I talked about it a month ago or so. Listen, 
This she, is the first book I finished she cover to cover. <gasps> I Yay! did it. It was so good. I read the epilogue. I read all the. You read the epilogue. Uh, I read every single shout out that you man read the gave. Author's note. I, read, I, read, I never I read, read the, the author's index. note. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Cover to cover. Wow. Oh my gosh. Wow. Man. All the things. Thanks to my editor. Yes. <laughs> I know. I mean. Okay. Also, he was given a fantastic epilogue or uh, author's notes, <laughs> author's whatever. Notes. Just Must like read. <laughs> shout out to the authors that I've read in the past that inspired me. Shout out to my playlist. These are the artists I listen oh, to to get me ready yeah. to read. Hell yeah. So good. So the last time I talked about this, we were in the book. Okay. There will be some spoilers, but I'll try not to give all the spoilers away. Last time we talked about this, we were at a point where the main character, he had joined this like cultish startup. Things were yeah. g- going well. well um, uh, he, uh, things weren't going well. Things were falling apart. Right, but he was doing well professionally. Yeah. Um, his his mother passed away and like it seemed like there was just all this darkness. Like his girlfriend was leaving him. He was changing into this other person that was more in like yeah. embodying that ambition, you know, but at what cost? And when we left off, he kind of had a light bulb experience when trying to teach this one guy from work or from his old uh, from Starbucks. And he was like, huh, maybe like we could turn this into maybe there's something here. Maybe I could coach people and teach them how to be salespeople like me. And then I could kind of like pay it forward in a way. Right. Yeah. So so basically like. That's a very successful endeavor. It, he gets this like gang of like five reluctantly. Like he doesn't go seek this out. People just come to him and he teaches them the tricks he knows. And then they go and land sales positions. And wow. so it becomes this incredibly popular and successful endeavor. And so but it beca- it's hush hush. It's kind of covert. And it's just an educational program. Okay. It is just people of color teaching other people of color the only rule one of the only rules is like no white people fair yeah and so they're teaching skills and this is happening across the country but it's hush hush they're called the happy campers but like no one discloses who they are and there's just like a signal if you get an interview (laughs) yeah where it's like how are you doing i'm happy as a camper or something like that to like signal that you're in the group you're in it yeah yeah so as you might guess, white people got outraged. Outraged. Oh, like, just, God, they were like, it. what are all these people of color doing coming in here? Oh, and just, like, God. all this white fragility and hypocrisy just, like, unloads oh, onto no. the scene. Yeah. Okay, I don't want to give away too much um, here. But basically, like, someone ends up starting an opposition party. And it's, like, white united it, it's wuss no. it was like white united sales people <laughs> some, something like that, some ridiculous thing but they the stunts that the leader of this group pulls off are just flagrantly racist i mean he legitimately is selling off people it like out somewhere in new york or whatever and He's marketing it as like, oh, this person has skills. Who wants to buy this person for their skills? And it's like, you're literally just recreating the slave trade right now. And just, oh, oh, my God. This this book was so good at highlighting the hypocrisy of white people in the American corporate culture and just American predominantly white culture that we live in because there's all this outrage because like these people of color are stepping into these positions and people are coming together and like that success has these white people at certain companies so enraged that they're revolting against it they're just being flat out racist and then the media coverage is painting the minority group as like these almost like terrorists yeah like a terrorist group and that like these white salespeople are like these victims and it's so the opposite in their actions i mean it's oh oh my gosh it is so enraging and now granted this is a fiction book 
And so some of these things are meant to be a little embellished yeah. to make the point, you know. But yeah, it did not feel that far off from reality, to be honest. Some some of the stuff with the like slave trading, that felt real rough. But there are a lot of things that happen in the book that are satirical, but also feel very realistic. Yeah. Oh my God, it was so good. And just the end, I can't, I can't share the end you should all <laughs> okay. go read it is it good it's really good well, and it happy. it sums up the book as kind of a cautionary tale and you know I'm I am a white person so what I walk away with from that book is completely different yeah. than what someone a, a person of color would walk away with because I I've been trying to think like if I if I were a black person who read this book a I'm sure none of that would have been new news to me you know right. I've been like you would yeah, not have been duh. surprised like, by anything yeah yeah even though it, it was really well received and the reviews I've heard people love how all of the themes in the book are discussed mm. but it feels kind of like a cautionary tale of like no matter how ambitious and how altruistic in a way you can be like no matter what you're doing like the system is gonna get you and the system is flawed and mm -hmm. injustice will ensue like that's kind oh, of wow. what yeah. I got from it hmm. but I think there's probably a positive spin on it but you know that that's just like if I yeah. were a black person reading it I would have gotten like well what's the point like why right. why you try? know which maybe it's more about like the system currently will not work for you versus like you have no there's no point to be ambitious because it's not like people aren't successful here or anything but you know to be successful in corporate america there's a level of assimilation yeah. you know yeah well <laughs> that sounds super interesting it's but so like good. as a white person it's interesting to think about like as altruistic as you can be we we have to actively like work against the system because it's like the street like we have to we have yeah. to work hard to like go up the stream because the stream is automatic. The system, the yeah. stream is mm -hmm. like pulling us pulling a us different down. way. Yeah. And yeah. if you're not actively going against it or trying really hard to be proactive, the system's going to do what it was built to do. And it was built to be a certain way. Like yeah. we built it in a certain way. And I think it, it really calls like white people, like, in my mind to check your privilege and yeah. what I mean like with that is I know when people hear white privilege like you think of like some people think of people that just like had an easy road and so there's that <clears throat> argument among in the white community that like life wasn't always easy for me like I right. like I don't come from a rich family like I don't have privilege here and there are you know there's intersectionality there are lots of layers to it but I think the thing to call out here is whenever you feel resistance in the workplace for something like that happening, that's a great moment to sit back and try to understand what is happening and why you feel what you feel. Because, you know, it like in the in the startup company that they talk about in this book, you know, it was just that there were more people of color that were joining the workforce. Yeah. And I think I think the white employees were looking at it as like the the guy who oh sorry the main character ends up becoming like one of the main staffing people mm. and so people are looking at him like oh you're just bringing in people of color oh. you like them more than us like there's favoritism there blah 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 and whether or not that's the case I don't really like dive into like if he was like super buddy buddy with people or anything but th that situation in itself, like, asks for some pause and reflection, you know? Yeah. Um, well, and so I learned a bit more about cults, you know, afterwards, because I, what I felt reading this book was there are a lot of layers here that I'm definitely missing. And so even after reading it, I found out black buck is a derogatory term that was given to certain African men, I think, in the time of slavery. And I didn't even know that when reading it, I thought it was just the dude was going back to Starbucks and yeah. that, like, right. you and know, they called but him Buck because of Starbucks. Yeah, and so I didn't even know this layer. Oh, yeah. And just there's so many common phrases in the English white English vernacular that 
have some derogatory uh, history to them and you're like oh okay so I won't be saying that anymore but the themes in this book are just so interesting I do think like the system in general like quote-unquote the system (laughs) but also karma is a huge theme that comes out in here and you have like opportunity and ambition I mentioned that before and I just think there's so many layers to this I I can't sum it up but I just thought it was really good and would even want to read it again to try to understand things more Mm -hmm. I love that but I I thought it was really excellently written and just a a note on the author one yeah I've definitely been pronouncing his last name wrong (laughs) I was like throwing in an H there's no H uh it's like a scary poor like no but anyway he wrote a couple books that never got published and I think this is the first book that's gotten published and so I just like from person to person yeah really respect his hustle and really respect his determination you know and want more from him his voice as an author was really strong and really captivating and I want to know more about him as a person you know so uh, yeah (laughs) I I love this oh man well and oh you know one thing that was sitting with me after reading this too was thinking about this idea of growth so Darren, the main character, you know, he joins this like cultish startup and it really brings to life his internal ambition and kind of gets that fire ignited. Now, some of that at at first is just survival and just making his family proud, you know, doing those things. But eventually it just it really brings to life the ambition that he has inside of him. And it's unfortunate because for a while when he's going through that, a lot of people are like, we don't even recognize you anymore. And, you know, he gets told at one point that, like, he's being brainwashed by the company, which I don't refute that at all. (laughs) But it's interesting the journey he goes on because it eventually leads him to growing and kind of coming back and maturing. And so I guess it just makes me think about those steps along the way where you're not quite where you need to be yet and maybe you've swung too far in one direction but yeah. it doesn't mean there's like no hope for you, you right, know, yeah. and you can evolve can as a human. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I yeah, oh I don't, God. I don't have I much. I love on how it, much but... you loved this book. Oh, thank God. I do too. Really I'm just, I was so excited to hear that you like were loving it so much. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh my God. I feel like a fool, like a fucking fool. Like the, <laughs> all the sales tips were like a hundred percent like layered in like, yeah, they're, they're tips about life, but it's also like, hey, you, person of color in this white-dominated society, here's some tips on how to survive. And I'm like, those are some great sales tips. <laughs> like, just whoosh over my head at first. Like, it eventually hit but me, it hit. but it took yeah. a long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what I was getting into. Yeah. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, we can... We're doing our best. We can only... Yeah. Like... We can only take in things as and relate them as to our, yeah. our own experience. <laughs> totally. But totally. you got there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, it's all good. And <laughs> honestly, some of my work, too, personally, is just like being okay with times where I'm like, well, didn't know that. Kind of yeah. made a fool of myself. And yeah, like no one was there. It was just like my own time to be yeah. like, oh, uh, haha, that uh, <laughs> we, we got it. We, it took a minute. Yeah. It took a minute. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Very eloquently that was a written. Great circle. Yeah. Awesome. Strong satire. That's great. I'm happy we came back to these topics, though, because a lot of times, I think we've mentioned this before, but we listen to the episode before we release yeah. it, and we're like, oh, I have more to say about that, Always. you know? <laughs> yeah. I should have said this. Sometimes mm-hmm. things need to marinate for a little bit. Speaking of which, last little thing, one of the episodes that recently came out mm-hmm. where you mentioned Nomadland, when we were recording that conversation, oh, and even just the the book of longing it didn't it, it hit me really differently hearing it back yeah. and I just like started crying like mm-hmm. hearing it versus in the moment because I was just thinking about family and leaving and like it just hit completely different than when we were yeah. here in the moment yeah I, yeah. yeah 
Yeah, I mean, we've we've talked about this before, but it's so interesting. On many of our episodes, we don't really know what the other two are going to talk about. Mm -hmm. And so we're purely reacting in the moment. And then it's so interesting to get the opportunity to record these conversations and actually get to listen to them back. Like how often in life do you get to have a deep conversation with a friend and then get to revisit it two weeks later yeah and think of like like not only are you thinking like I have conversations that Mm -hmm. I think back on and I'm like oh I wish I had said that or blah 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 whatever but we actually get to listen to what was physically (laughs) said actually said in the moment and like for so a lot of the things we've talked about in the last couple weeks like like they've been heavy hitting topics that that all three of us have been sitting sitting with mm-hmm. for the last couple of weeks and it's so interesting to listen to it back and be able to like fully process it when you're not in the moment having to react on a hot mic yeah. <laughs> on a hot mic yeah and so it is this happens to me all the time when we're listening to the episodes back for editing for Jamie or for us just like for editing notes not having to be in the moment and react to a conversation you're actually able to fully take in the conversation mm-hmm. you're like wow <laughs> like wow that was a really fucking deep moment yeah. Yeah. and I wasn't really in it at the time because I couldn't be mm-hmm. yeah and it's uh, it's it's cool it's a really cool experience to be able to revisit conversations yeah. and be like oh wow like I'm getting more out of that the second time <laughs> yeah. experiencing it there's like the time when you're on and then the time when you get to actually sit with the content. Right. Yeah, and sometimes I think all three of us have said things that in the moment didn't feel super deep, but like personally speaking, we'll listen back to it and I'm like, "Wow, that was like that was a deep mm. thing that you said there." <laughs> and Ooh. I need to like sit with that for a Play while. that back. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I personally, <laughs> I listen to all of our episodes multiple times because yeah. I think that they're really good. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's going to happen with this wisdom of your body. I think when we play it back, I'm going to be like, yeah, Lauren, mind, body, body is mine. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I hit. feel like I didn't even hit the tip of the iceberg on that mm. one, but everyone should check it out. Yeah. <laughs> And if there are any topics that you listener want to hear us circle back on, yeah. let us know. Circle back. <laughs> we okay. got comments. So. Yeah. We've got opinions about everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we change them a lot. <laughs> yeah, remember that. Change our mind a lot. But we're deep sometimes. <laughs> we're deep sometimes. <laughs> Have a good week, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Love you. Bye. Yeah. Bye. See you. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Links from today's episode can be found in the show notes on our website, whatyourreadando.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you have anything that piques your interest or you want to share, email us at wrdpod at gmail.com. Maybe we'll feature you on the pod. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts and also on Instagram at wrdpod. Follow us to stay up to date on future episodes. Like, leave a review, tell a friend. You get the idea. Music for this podcast was created by Kalindo. Find him on Instagram at The Real Kalindo. Stay inspired and we'll see you next week. <laughs>